Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hashtag murder. murder! Woo! I'm Scar. I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. So that's what we're bringing to the table. Um, all thanks true crime. Our main episodes are going to be murder focused. But then our bonus episodes are going to be everything focused. Yeah. Like, um, so it's going to be a grab bag. Yeah. Once uh, we, oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Once we get everything figured out and, you know, actually get this out there. Uh, this is our third time recording the first episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, as I said, we're winging it. We don't know what we're doing, um, so, you know, don't be too rude, but we will take constructive criticism. Don't be a dick. Try not to be an asshole about it, but, you know, we'll take any feedback we can get. Yeah. We're here to serve you. We are. Um, we've been talking about doing this for, like, two years now. Yeah, two or three, I think. And Scarlet's unemployed, so now she has all of the time in the world. Uh, thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Um, so I've been able to spend lots of time uh, trying to learn all this equipment, and we're doing it. Let's go. Let's go. What's the so, What's our first episode? Our first episode is about the murder of Anne Allison Hoover. Anne Hoover. All right. Okay. Let's let's do this. So Anne Allison Hoover is the firstborn of three children. She has two loving parents, Margaret and Thomas Hoover. And is starting the next chapter of her life by moving back to her hometown. All right. Which I would never do. (laughs) I never left, so I'm still kind of stuck here. Yeah. Uh, So Anne is strong-willed and independent, and at this time in her life, she's 44 years old and has just purchased her first home in South Oakland, Pennsylvania. This is where her family is. Okay. So she's going back. She wants to be close to family. That's understandable. Yeah, she's going back to the fam. In South Oakland, the population is 3,623, where only 26% of residents actually own their houses. I feel like 3,000 people is very small. Uh, yes, this is a small little, like... It's like a suburb area? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, of Pittsburgh. So only 26% of residents own their houses, so it's kind of cool that she's going to be one of those homeowners. Mm-hmm. And she's a strong, independent lady. Yeah. And her house is at 321 Lawn Street. Seems like a... Fake address. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Like one you would make up in, in The Sims. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Anne had graduated with a bachelor's degree in music from Marietta College in 1975, and her instrument of expertise was the piano. Hmm, okay. And Marietta is a private liberal arts college in Marietta, Ohio, and that is where she lived for 10 years before returning to where she grew up in... Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Ish. <laughs> Pittsburgh-ish. Couldn't remember the name of it. So... Anne was a music teacher and also worked for the Pittsburgh Symphony as a fundraiser, which is another word for telemarketer. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, so that spam risk thing, that's, yeah. that's Anne. Yeah, um, she's, uh, she's a telemarketer, um, which I, that sounds horrible, but it, it, apparently she liked it and was good at it, so you do you. Anne also loved animals. Same. Yeah. Um, And her friend said that she made a habit of rescuing, caring for injured or abused animals. That's cute. Which is very sweet. Anne is survived by her blind poodle named Nikki, who she would always tell I love you to whenever she leaves the house. 
That's cute. I know. That makes me sad. I hope her parents took care of the poodle when she... Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. No, I'm sure they took over. Um, so Anne loved her family and was really looking forward to moving back to South Oakland. and was a go-getter, and whenever she purchased her first house, she knew it would be a big project. Um, oh, like, like, you know, fixing shit up? Yep, because it was a fixer-upper. Yeah, um, I'm not a power tools lesbian, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I would, no. Uh, which is Dusty where... Buns would, uh, be coming over to my house to fix stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is where we differ because I love power tools. Yeah, no, not, not, mm -mm. Love a good project. Um, so Anne was up for the challenge and ready to turn this rundown house into a beautiful home that she would be proud of. And I would love to restore an old home one day. I'm pretty, pretty jealous of this. It's very cool. So there's only one photo of Anne in circulation that I could find. And I tried. <laughs> but you can tell she just looks like everyone's favorite aunt. She has like a big sweet smile, big brown kind eyes, curly brown hair, and a button nose. And she just looks like a really nice lady. Like a Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. She She just looks really sweet. And I don't know why there's only one picture of her. I guess it... I mean, there's not a whole lot of information on her, so family wanted it to be private i guess that's understandable yeah and her house at 321 lawn street is gorgeous the renovations that she has made um there's only photos from the outside of the house but you can really tell that she's put her heart and soul into this place i love it i know so now let's talk about roy o kirk sounds which... like a star trek name <laughs> oh yeah it does what's the o stand for there's no way to know <laughs> oscar Otis. Ooh, I don't know any more O names. Ozzy. Oh, yeah. Oswald. Oswald. Yeah, great, great dog name. But yeah, we don't know. So Roy bought the house adjoining Anne's at 323 Lawn Street a while after Anne had moved in and started his own renovations. Hmm. And in the beginning, Anne was super glad to have someone move in next door and fix up the adjoining home. Yeah, makes the neighborhood a little brighter. Yeah. And then in the beginning, they actually worked together, making their homes better. That's cute. Yeah. That's a good neighbor. I know. And so she was just, she was super glad to have somebody move in, willing to take on the same challenge she did. How old is Roy? Uh, he's 28. Oh, so he's a lot younger than... Or no, he's 26 at this point in time. Okay, so he's he's significantly younger than she is. Yes. What's the 16, age 16 years? 16? No, wait. 12? 14? 18. Fuck. <laughs> She's 44, She's right? 44. He's we 26. Suck. 36, 40. 18. 18. Yep. Okay. I'm glad we figured that out together. Nah. <laughs> ah, um, okay. Now, whenever I say next door, I mean, like, they're sharing a wall. They're... Oh, like a townhome type of deal? Yeah. Well, I had to look it up because I didn't really know what it meant, but apparently they're called row houses. Didn't know that was a thing, but they're houses that are literally attached I to each other. I guess it's kind of like, um, like downtown Charleston. Rainbow Row. Yeah, see? That's why it's called row. Rainbow Row. Yep. Get out of oh, here. We forgot to mention we, we reside in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Ish. Uh, well, we're outside. Of well, I live in Charleston. You do not. I don't. Not anymore. Now I live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it's okay. It's yeah. fine. It takes me 30 minutes to get here, just so you guys know. That's how much I love her. <laughs> uh, an hour with traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took me over an hour the other day. Yeah. Can't leave at 5 p.m. Mm -mm. You'll, yeah. It was Clinton's fault, but yeah, let's get, let's continue. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so Roy was a bit of a weirdo, but whenever he first started, he was really enthusiastic and energetic and motivated, and he was determined to do everything at the house on his own. Oh, because he is a man. Yeah. He, as it turns out, he was not super great at flipping this house or really doing anything to the house. He was basically just making it worse um, and not allowing anyone to help him. Wow. Any longer. Because, you know, she was helping him out in the beginning, and I guess that was fine, but... He's like, I'm a big man. I don't need no woman's help. Yeah. As it as it carries on, it's um, 
It's not good. Okay. So uh, his ha- or his side of the house never even had any electricity, despite working on it for years. How do you live in a house with no electricity? Well... Especially in Pittsburgh, because it gets cold up there. Yeah. He actually, he was not living in that house, because he had another house that was, I think, like three doors down. Okay. Like the band? <laughs> It was more than three doors, but yes, like the band. That was the first number that came to mind. (laughs) So he's on the same street. Yes. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Weird, but okay. Yeah. So he had two fixer-uppers on the same street, but the other one did have electricity, so I do believe that he was staying at that that house. Okay. That makes more sense now. Yeah. So, and he would also take all the debris, you know, from the things he was destroying from inside the house and dump them onto the front yard. Oh, yeah, lovely. Um, and he even tore all the gutters off of his side of the house, um, which we'll get back to. Uh, it's going to cause some problems, but okay. Yeah. And, and I know that much. Can't go ripping those off all willy-nilly, because that's how water gets away from the house, right? Yeah, it funnels into uh, okay. basically the street. Yeah. And on top of all of this, he also had a critter problem. Like... Would you know how I feel about a critter problem? Bugs or like No, ma'am. We're talking mice and rats. Uh, no. Yeah, and they're getting into Anne's side of the house. I would, nope. You know what? You have just been demoted, Roy, to the worst neighbor of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, he's, yeah, we'll get there. Um, So this failed renovation has been going on for two years now. So two years has passed. It's too long. It's way too long for... Sell the house, my guy. I know. Or hire somebody. Yeah. So Anne is reaching her breaking point, obviously. Uh, tensions were already high. And then on one night in particular, heavy rains had set in and water started pouring into Anne's bedroom from the adjoining roof. Oh. Maybe you shouldn't have riffed off the... Blah. The gutters. Shit, the gutters. Yeah. Which Anne had... I think she'd pointed that out prior to this happening. Like Women are stupid, Scarlet. You should know this by now. <laughs> women, tell, women don't know anything. Can't tell no man how to fix his house. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so Anne was obviously heartbroken that her dream home was becoming a literal nightmare and being destroyed by Roy. Hmm. Good job, Roy. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Roy has completely stopped all work on the house. He's completely given up because it's too big of a task. Like, he's bitten off way, way more than he can chew. Yeah, he's basically like, eh, fuck it. I'll just, you know. It's like when you shove something, like, to the back of the closet and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll deal with that later. Are you referring to this closet that we are sitting in? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That's not nice. (laughs) No, it's fine, though. It is a wreck in here. I've been saying I'm going to clean it for, I don't know, about a month now, and it it still hasn't happened. Um, We'll get there. ADHD brain will, um... Organize it one day. Um, so Anne decides to take matters into her own hands. <laughs> Was she gonna do demo his house? <laughs> I wish that would be a lot that more be fun. A, I could just see her coming in like Miley Cyrus with a wrecking ball and just boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, with the safety goggles, it's yes. a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, no, unfortunately, I wish that was the case. But she decides to take legal action against Roy. Okay. Okay. And all of the neighbors obviously support Anne. Um, because the state of his house was, like, ruining the value of the neighborhood. Yeah, like, nobody's gonna want to move there. It's been two years, and there's two rundown houses right on the same street. Yeah, because I'm sure his other house was not 
by any means fantastic. And then he's also screwing up Anne's house. Yeah. Handy Annie. Put a lot. Yeah, you like that? Handy, Handy Annie. You should Aww. name the episode this. Yeah, that's sweet. Love that. Oh, um, his other house was at 311 Lawn Street. Sorry, guys. we got to scroll back down to the notes. <laughs> Stupid iPhone. Hold, please, while I access your account. Um, okay. Um, so the court case against Roy was successful, which led to some heavy fines for Roy. Hmm. Uh, I think it was in the ballpark of like 50 grand. Uh, I don't think Roy has 50 grand to pay. No. Or he would have hired Handy Annie's cousin to fix the house. Exactly. So, yeah, it's not going well. And the judge even said that Roy's house should probably be demolished due to how rundown it was. Wonderful. So, Anne, she didn't want to, like, ruin Roy's life. Um, no, she's nice. She wants... She just wants him to do better. Yeah, he wasn't. And she wants him to do the things that he said he was going to do whenever he first moved in. Anne even offered to buy the property off of Roy... Oh, so she could just fix it. Yeah. Herself. So she was giving him a way out here, and he turned him, or he turned Handy her down. Handy Annie must have been making some money doing that telemarketing stuff. Yeah. Who knew that that was such a good market? Well, I guess it's sales, I guess. Yeah, because you're selling like bonuses and stuff. Yeah, spiffs. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um. So this is essentially the beginning of the end. Oh, boy. But Roy decides to appeal the decision, and Anne assumes that this means he'll be working on the house in the meantime to show that improvements are being made. Yeah, okay. Um, Court's going to be more lenient if you're uh, showing that you're doing some work on the house. Yeah. It's a good uh, idea. So it should be noted that at this time, Anne is becoming increasingly more afraid of living next to Roy. Is he getting, like, creepy, like, um, scary weird? Yeah, and I think he had, like, a drinking problem, Ooh. and it was just... Things were escalating to a head because she was so she's living persistent. by herself and she's persistent and she's probably just feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So the day before they were supposed to be in court, Roy shows up at his home and he starts putting in work. All right. Day before he's putting in work. Um. He's tearing down walls and making all kinds of noise, which Anne is okay with because that means he's actually working on the house. Yeah, that's fine. And he seems to be making progress throughout the house and in the basement as well, which I'm sure Anne was super happy about. Yeah. He's turning over new leaf. Yeah, so here we are, March 25th, 1997, and Anne and Roy are supposed to be having their day in court, and Anne is nowhere to be found. Um, red so, flag. Yeah, so a neighbor was actually supposed to pick Anne up and drive her to the courthouse, but she knocked on the door and didn't get an answer, so she assumed that Anne had already left um, and gone to the courthouse without her. And we don't really have cell phones at this point, so there's no way to text Anne and be like, yo, you still need a ride? I know. There was no way to get a hold of her, unfortunately. Anne's mother and father, Margaret and Thomas, were also at the courthouse, trying to be supportive parents on this big day for their daughter. Yeah. Margaret and Thomas waited and waited with other neighbors, and their daughter never showed. Oh, her neighbors went too? Yeah. Everyone was like this you big, suck, happy Roy. family trying to support Anne. Uh, and Roy also did not show up at the courthouse. More red flags. So we're missing Anne and we're missing Roy. So family and neighbors were growing concerned and end up calling the police. Okay. So the police show up and they either enter the home through a spare key that was like under a rock, like a fake rock outside, um, or someone climbed in through the window, which is always fun. Spidey cop. Spidey cop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know which one happened, but I like the crawling in through a window. I like spidey cop better. Okay. Yeah, I so, do too. All right. So cops are doing a wellness check. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so Margaret, Anne's mother, is quoted as saying, My husband and I had taken the bus from the city to Ross that day, so a friend drove us to Anne's home. I went in, and I saw her coat and purse still there, and I feared something had happened, but I'd never dreamed of what was coming. Yeah, she probably just thought her daughter was, like, you know, injured, sick, something. Yeah, or, like, well, she didn't have a car. I was gonna say ran off the side of the road, but, yeah, I mean, just being... Ind- indisposed. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, this wouldn't be my, my first thought either. Um, so once inside, police also noticed that everything was still there, lying on the table, and they searched the home, but there, there was no sign of Anne. But whenever they searched upstairs, they noticed some blood in the upstairs bathroom. Oh. On the floor and on the walls. Um, oh, yeah. Um, okay. <sighs> so. About to get heinous in here. Yeah, so this is not, uh, the scene is not looking too promising here. So police regroup outside and notice that the front door to the adjoining house is ajar and decide to see if the neighbor has heard anything or has any information for them. Police walk in and find Roy Kirk in his home and he is barefoot, super dirty, and he is covered in blood. Uh, I think Roy did some fucked up shit. Yeah, um, so... so do, they, do they get a search warrant or do they just get, like, probable cause because he's, you know, covered in blood? Um, I'm gonna assume probable cause. Yeah, because I think if you're... Blood. If you were a cop and you knocked on my door and I'm covered in blood and I look very disheveled, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probable cause... Procical. Fuck. <laughs> I think that's probable cause enough to, you know search my house yeah see if i did any fucked up things <laughs> yeah oh it's not good but so they escort roy outside and with him outside police start searching his rundown house and they are not prepared for what they are about to find they make their way into the basement and one of the officers there had stated that he thought he saw a torso of a mannequin Lying next to a large hole in the floor. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer-esque. Yeah. It's never a mannequin. And fuck a hole in the floor. No, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had a mannequin, remember? (laughs) Did he? Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he likes his stuff dead, so he he got a mannequin and was using that, but then his grandma made him throw it away. Oh, I do remember that. Sorry, guys. We had to sidebar that for a second. Yeah, I don't... For some reason, I don't know much about big... like Or not big, but like the well-known cases. I don't know much about them. So we're going to learn together. Um, Upon further investigation, they realize that this is no mannequin and Mm. is in fact the torso of our dearly departed... And everyone's favorite aunt, Anne Hoover. He dismembered her so that she was just a torso? Yeah. Oh... Oh, it's not good. That's that's awful. Uh, so, in addition to Ann Hoover's dismembered body, they found a long run of extension cords running back to Roy's other fixer-upper, um, not three doors down. <laughs> it was at, it was at three eleven Lawn Street, so it was like ten doors down. The extension cords were used to strangle Ann. And police also found another strange thing in the home. Are you ready? Like a chainsaw, bloody chainsaw. No, ma'am. <laughs> they found several cages. Of mice and rats, and... He was keeping these shits as pets? Uh, no, he was keeping them as food for his enormous ball python. No. That they found living in the bathtub. That's a hard fuck no from me. Said it was eight to ten feet long. Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) That is the most major fucking nope rope I've ever heard of. (laughs) Why do people feel the need to live with snakes? That thing is twice as long as me. Yeah. Well, almost. It's like almost us put together. Uh, we, yeah, we, we lay it on the floor. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, Lord. Um, you know what? You, when you said Rory was a weirdo, I didn't think we were going to be, like, this weird, but okay. Yeah, I guess weirdo wasn't the... <laughs> Was it the best descriptor? I don't know what I could have used, but it's it's much was more than a weirdo. Was this in a, a cage or was it like Roman? No, it was just it was just in the bathtub. As far as I know. Oh, fu- oh, could you? I think it was just like loose. the cop that opens the door and there's a big ass snake in there. Yeah, no, I think it was just loose to roam the house. Well, and he was doing a badass job at getting rid of those mice and rats. Well, the mice and rats were in cages. I don't know. They- it's, there was a lot going on. Guys, <laughs> do not keep 10-foot snakes as pets. Leave them at the zoo. Yeah, uh, or in the Amazon. I don't know where they're native to, but it's not So did he break, It's not here. So did he break into Anne's house and then like... Uh, well, okay, we're gonna get there. Okay, it's already a horrifying scene. Uh, but how we ended up here is even more terrifying. Um, like literally something out of a nightmare. So investigators believe... That Roy Kirk dug through their adjoining basement wall into Anne's basement. Dug. A tunnel. A tunnel. Escaping from prison tunnel. Yes. Dug a tunnel from his basement into her basement. And that's how he gained entry into her home. He dug a tunnel. Roy, why couldn't we spend all that effort you did building a little tunnel to maybe fix your fucking house? Yep. And put it into doing the one thing that he was supposed to be doing the past two years. There's definitely some mental issues here don't know what they are but if you yeah if you have the uh just idea that you should dig a hole from your basement to your neighbor's basement and then murder her yeah you might need some psychiatric help and i read somewhere he didn't even have like shovels he was using like tools that are not meant for digging like a hammer like the back the claw part of a hammer to dig this tunnel that's a lot of that's gonna take some time some motivation it's gonna take some that's a that's a lot of time you're spending I mean, it could have taken, it could have taken years. Yeah, two years that he's been, <laughs> he could have been, he could have been planning this from day one. Shit. Okay. Uh, uh, mm. Okay, so what I'm gathering is Roy, creepy ass Roy, dug his little ass into Anne's house, steal, I don't know, either, probably, probably assaults her, I'm assuming, in her bathroom bedroom. Yeah. And drags her body over to his house, probably intending to dismember her and get rid of the body. In pieces, I would assume. Yeah, so he... I hate this so much. So he crawled from his basement into her basement, walked upstairs, saw that she was in the bathroom, attacked her. And then once she was, like, incapacitated, he drug her down the stairs from the upstairs to the main floor to the basement and then drug her body back through the tunnel. No. (laughs) Yes! This is some meth head shit. All right. what happened. So the cops are like, yo, buddy, the hell. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this is so wild. So, so he, so he goes to jail. But, no. uh, well, we'll get to that. Oh, this is going to piss me off. Yes. Okay. It's going to piss off everyone. It's, oh my God. So he went upstairs, drug her into the basement, drug her into her into his basement. And then to finish everything off, um, that's whenever he strangled her with an electrical cord. Um, and then he started to dismember her arms and legs, um, with a saw. Oh, I bet he was going to feed her to the snake. That's, so I don't know why we would have any way of, like, actually knowing that. Um, but that's definitely speculation. Okay. Because he, he didn't well, tell well, investigators at the, that, his plan? We'll get there. <laughs> oh, God. We'll get there. Uh, it's speculation, but it, it's a good, um, it's a good guess. 
Um, okay, so unfortunately, we're not going to get any justice here. Even though Anne's body was found and Roy was found, um, he should be rotting in a jail cell until the day he dies. But no, this is not what happens, and he was determined that that was not going to happen. Oh, he did the coward thing. Uh, well, here we go. So, Roy was arrested and cuffed and put in the back of a police wagon. Wagon. The paddy wagon. The paddy wagon. Uh, so, Roy was driven to the police station, and whenever the police opened the back of the van, they found Roy hanging from his belt. Hanging. Guys, uh, why, why did we not make sure that he didn't have any tools to do that? Yeah, or why... Was he cuffed? Why was no one watching him? He was handcuffed, and he still somehow managed to remove his belt and fashion a noose out of it and hung himself from the grates in the back of the van. I feel like they they had to leave him alone for a while for that to happen. Well, so prior to leaving, he was in the back of the van for like 20 to 30 minutes. And then from Anne's house to the police station was about a 12-minute drive. I bet they didn't check on him before they started driving off. They probably just threw him in there yeah. and then continued to drive. Because I feel like you... In a moving car and you're handcuffed, I don't think you would have the ability to... To pull that off. Pull that off, no. That's one that's not enough time, I believe. And, like, the car's moving around, it's making turns. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't... Oh, okay. Ah, so... And even one article said that the coroner said that Roy would have had to have moved with a contortionist dexterity in order to actually pull that off. Oh, you mean like a snake? Oh, God. Well, I'm just saying... Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, and side note, real quick, this is not the first time that this has happened in the Pittsburgh PD um, department. You mean they've had another person dig a tunnel through their basement? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me clarify. No, that this was the first time that had happened. Um, but no, they had somebody, um, I think her name was Kelly? Yes. Um, Kelly Finn had hung herself the same exact way after being arrested for a drug offense, except she used her shoelaces instead of a belt. For a drug offense, though? Like... Yeah, well, she was back in the back of the wagon and didn't want to be put in jail, and so she took her own life. Packing and wagon of death. I know! How does it happen twice? Why didn't we learn the, from the first time? Have you ever heard of this thing called the LAPD? <laughs> yeah. All right, to wrap up everything, we're going to talk about some Ann Hoover dedication and stuff. Um, so Ann Hoover's father, Thomas Hoover, stated, I still don't believe it. I might wake up. It's been one fine after another until it adds up to what we have today. Two lives are gone. One that was worthwhile in my mind and the other I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure that uh, Roy was uh, <sighs> contributing anything of value to no. this society but yeah and he really wanted to which is the annoying part like yeah he wanted to do the thing he just he just couldn't and he didn't have the means to or the motivation to there's some mental health issues there oh yeah yeah, yeah. clearly yeah. yeah there's a mm. um so Anne had always had a strong connection to her neighborhood there yep obviously because all her neighbors showed up for her uh, court case yeah and this is where she grew up um, and she thought that everything that was happening in the neighborhood, the renovations, all this good stuff, um, was going to make the neighborhood great again. Yeah. 
Because, you know, the neighborhood had kind of, like, gone downhill, and now it's it's on the upswing. So in honor of Anne's memory, and neighbors, friends, and family dedicated a park at the corner of Jefferson Drive and Country Lane, known as the Anne Ellison Hoover Memorial Park. That's sweet. I know. Um, the dedication happened on June 1st, 2002, which would have been Anne's 50th birthday. That's sweet. I know. I love it so much. Um, well, I love that. I don't love that she was murdered. I love but that she had a park. I love the park, yes. Um, one friend in particular named Marianne Anderson, who Anne actually used to babysit. That's sweet. I know. She said, the vision is to have a place where we can meet and carol at Christmas time and then have quartets sing in the summer because Anne loved music. The dedication of the park was hosted by politicians, church leaders, and the North Hills High School Marching Band, which is where Anne went to high school. Oh, I know. Okay, I like this ending. Well, this part of the ending. Yes. And also, I looked up the park, and it has 28 reviews and is rated at 4.8 stars. That's almost cool. That's almost a five-star park. I know. Uh, So if anyone's in the area, go check it out. Mm -hmm. They have a bunch of statues and... And email us, like, if it's cool. Yeah, or if you take pictures or whatever. Uh, We do have an email. It's hashtag murderpod at gmail.com which we will remind you at the end of the episode and they're also bearing a time capsule with objects related to Anne's life as well as related to the neighborhood that's cool and that's the, real cool i know and the capsule is scheduled to be open in 50 years and that's oh so it's 2002 so 2052 i guess yeah so we're what 20 we're halfway there 30 years away 20 years 20 years 20 years away ish um, 30 ish and if you do yeah. want to go <laughs> Math strikes again. Uh, If you do want to go to the park, the actual address of the park is in Ross Township at 800 Jefferson Drive. So Anne's mother, Margaret, has stated that she has since forgiven the man who took her daughter's life, which is That's more than I could do. Yeah. mm, I'm not that forgiving. I've not forgiven people for a lot less. I I hold a grudge (laughs) for 50 years. Yeah, uh, until the day I die. That's just me. Um, so both houses on Lawn Street have since been purchased and renovated, and two new families live in them. And that is the murder of Ann Hoover. Could you imagine buying the house that had the tunnel dug from the basement? <laughs> like, what if you're like a nice family and your kids are like, oh, Mommy, no. was there a hole in the basement? Oh, no. Uh, I hate it. I'm sure they filled it. I, oh, I'm sure I they mean, filled it. Cause... I know they filled it. I'm not sure they filled it. I know they filled it. <laughs> God, that's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. The whole the whole thing is horrible and tragic and brutal. And I hate it. But to lighten the mood, we're going to try out our fun fact segment. So we're going to take one thing from the show um, that might have just been briefly mentioned and drop some knowledge on you. I've got some fun facts for you. About tunnels? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would have been fun. Uh, we're going to talk about ball pythons. Oh, that's not Yay! fun. It is fun. It's very fun. So the ball python is America's favorite pet snake. Um, they, ori- hmm. <laughs> yeah. they originate from Central and Western Africa and are known as royal pythons, as royalty such as Cleopatra wore them as jewelry. Oh, that crazy bitch. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I love it. I'm here for it. They're called ball pythons because rather than slither away when threatened, they make them smell... Smell? <laughs> they make them smell. Uh, they make themselves as small as possible, i.e. into a ball. Okay. They are non-venomous, have over 100 tiny teeth. Ugh. Poor eyesight. They shed their eyes before they shed their oh, skin? Gross. I hate that. And if they intend on eating you, they will crush you to death. Then they'll eat you and take about three days to digest you. Yeah, so I can definitely confirm that that was what good old Roy's plan was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, they're really friendly and they make super great pets. The end. 
friendly. Yeah. Um, guys, if you ever have the urge to murder your neighbor, pull them through a tunnel in your house, and feed them to your pet snake, I hope you step on Legos barefoot for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or just go talk to a therapist. That's you know. Yeah. <laughs> if we get to the root cause of the problem here. Yeah. That's definitely deeper than some just normal mommy issues. Yeah. Neighbors killing neighbors. That was uh, a great first episode. Thank I had never you. heard of that. How yeah. did you come upon this? I so, you know, I I dabble in all all shows true crime. And I typically don't remember them the second I'm done watching them. Yeah. I, naturally. <laughs> I brain dump it and I totally forget. I'm like, that was really interesting. And then I totally forget everything that happened. But this one stuck out in particular. And it was on an episode of Fear Thy Neighbor. Oh. Yeah. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh my. Like, what the actual fuck is happening here? This makes me never want to tell my neighbors hi again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's bad. But anywho, we did it. We did the thing. Episode number one is complete. Happy first episode. Yep. Happy first episode again. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. (laughs) See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod murderpod at gmail.com and don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye.